Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidrix. So look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamplin to look ahead and Cedric to look ahead to NXT tonight, the go-home show ahead of TakeOver. It's been a busy old week this, isn't it, Hamplin? Yeah. Um, wars are back, obviously, because Rampage is in the mud, thanks to uh, that awful episode of NXT last week. Ratings-wise, of course, not quality-wise. Um, it's just Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, people want to watch it. I can't fathom why, but they do. Um, so naturally, as we head towards what will presumably be their last showdown, perhaps ever, if Adam Cole leaves the company, there's not even anything advertised between them. The go-home show has got to cover off everything else on this takeover card uh, because it all feels cold. Um, me and Cedric, neither of us were particularly kind to Cole O'Reilly last week, but it, it goes down well. So I'd be very surprised if they didn't end up just ending things with the video package for those two because nothing else on this card I can see drawing any significant interest. And like, it's not like the worst takeover ever, um, but I just don't think, I think it's almost too reflective of what this version of NXT is now. Um, it doesn't feel like a big special card. It doesn't feel like the old days where you'd wanted the takeover to go after the WWE pay-per-view because one couldn't follow the other. Quite the opposite now. Everybody will have already left town and NXT will still be happening to the attention of its smallest ever audience. I um I didn't watch all of NXT last week because I didn't have to. Um, but <laughs> what I got from that face to face was and no offense to Kyle O'Reilly, but I was like, oh, you really don't want to lose Adam Cole. He comes across as far better than the other person in this rivalry. Is that fair, Stitch? I would say so. And I think that these seemingly unfathomable ratings are directly correlated to what a superstar Adam Cole is. And how impressive is it that he comes off as a superstar under the drab confines of the CWC, which were always dank and miserable and awful. That has become far more pronounced upon other wrestlings return to crowds. Uh, Adam Cole's the absolute boy. World-class verbal performance last week. Individual, 
I don't think the segment on the whole landed. Kyle O'Reilly really struggled to not get blown out of the water by his mate, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, the worst thing is they've done that build. They are now going to do the cross-dual version of that, which will get nowhere near as much uh, interest. I'm expecting some kind of cool O'Reilly prime target, and it'll mm. be it'll be one of those things that people will think is great. And it's like, well, they're putting lipstick on a pig. If, if that's what you consider great, but not me. The worst thing about the show is that there's two matches that have got a ceiling of fantastic. NXT just seems to make everything feel drab and dulls the spark of otherwise really great matches. And there is only so much to talk about in the discourse and no one's talking about this at all. I got some likes out of burying it last week, though, which is uh, rare, but welcome. So it was hideously booked last week, though. Like we've said this about NXT, generally when the takeover cards come together, you sort of look at the at the main ones at least and think, well, aye, they have actually done some steady, if unremarkable, storytelling to get to this point. Last week's episode is one of the worst booked I can remember since like the dreaded empty full sale days of last summer. Um, it felt like they got nearly everything wrong in terms of finishes, in terms of the, even in the case of some of the matches impromptu as they were, they arranged. Um, this week feels like a much stronger episode and it's going to give the, again, like it's all an impression of a, of a wrestling company rather than a wrestling company. It's going to give the impression of a show where things are happening. But I think we all know that's not the case now. Yeah, it's, I was saying to Sid before we started recording here, it's in this weird sort of limbo where there potentially might be a new look CWC. Talk about, that, talk about lipstick on a pig there uh, tonight. But it's all a bit up in the air because you sense more sweeping changes once they've got this programme and takeover out of the way. So like you say, with people potentially leaving or being released or who, Lord knows what they're going to do with NXT next. But, you know, word talk of sweeping changes has been around for the last couple of weeks and it'll be very intriguing to see how they potentially wrap up this chapter. But like you say, uh, Siege, two really great championship matches to look forward to tonight. Let's start with Kushida versus Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. Feels like there has to be a title switch there. Does it? Because they're not behind Diamond Mine. Mm, yeah. They're not behind Diamond Mine. has got no core purpose at this point other than, oh, let's do something with Roderick Strong. The dynamic of the group was we have a mouthpiece to promote the fights, this gang of fighters in Malcolm Bivens. You have the star act, the clutch player, the MVP, Roderick Strong. You have the coach and the prospect. Well, the prospect's gone, so who's the coach coaching? (laughs) (laughs) You could very easily transition him to a more traditional heater role, but the diamond mind, as first imagined, as built pretty heavily on, or teased pretty heavily on NXT, no longer exists as it does. Our understanding of the backstage machinations of NXT, like that in itself undermines the diamond mine. Like they don't really see them as a great act that can do proper top of the card stuff worth investing in because the prospect has no prospects because he's not there anymore. I could do a title switch. They've done now with Kushida. And we would we talk at length on these podcasts about right, they should actually try to tell storylines about or surrounding talents that don't speak English very fluently as their native language. 
We saw what happened when they finally addressed that criticism with Zoe Stark and Io Shirai in a problematic restaurant skit. So they're better off just doing nothing with Kushida, in my opinion. I do, I, do I see a switch incoming? There's no cruiserweight division left. There's like four people on that 205 live roster page. How am I meant to preview this match and the permutations and ramifications of it when there's when the, the key challenging act is no longer a big deal or a concern? When there are no real cruiserweights in a division of which to speak because so many of them have been released? When those that could theoretically slot into the cruiserweight division are doing heavyweight matches in the breakout tournament? And this match will be very technically well worked, but given Roderick Strong's new gimmick persona, if you like, uh, they're going to spend a lot of time lying down. A lot of bloody time lying down. <laughs> My worry is that it's one of those things that we watch it a little bit bored at how intricate the groundwork is. The sort of thing that will has literally in the past caused Vince McMahon to throw off his headset in a rage in 1995, except at least one of those was a large, large, large man. Kashida or Noel Roderick Strong or that. It'll be a three and three quarter star match. I don't really care who wins. I don't care who wins a lot of these matches, which has been a significant issue with NXT for the longest time. It's funny that the diamond mine and the battery happened at the same time. And we were just saying, no, nah, we like getting gabbled. And then Vincent Mann walked in and said, uh, all the kids in NXT are SLPs. And he, uh, put, he Lee's not even in round anymore. Tyler Russell. How long did spend on that? <laughs> <laughs> he pulled Tegan Knox off the show after one night. Um, I like the, I was going to make the point about the, the cruiserweight division and the cruiserweight title and 205 Live. And that's not even direct changes to NXT, but it affects this. Um, the TNA Heavyweight Championship that Christian currently holds as part of owning the Impact title has about the same amount of value as Kushida's 205 Live title because at least Kenny Omega cared about it. Like, it also didn't represent a particular wrestling company anymore, um, but at least Kenny Omega seemed to want to hold on to it. Kushida hasn't been, you know, like a feature on television outside of have a match to build a feud, have another match to build a feud, you know, and now there's no mm. roster of people for him to fight against. So there's no sense of character development particularly. If there was any development to be found here at all, it was with Diamond Mine, but that was hugely undermined by Tyler Rust's relief, like uh, release, massively so, um, because it was another reminder, as was with the case with Everise, now 2.0, that they're not necessarily making these releases based on who they're watching on screen. Mm. Just seeing cells on Nick Khan's spreadsheet and deciding which ones to delete. Um, when the decisions are being made at that top level, then it drastically, drastically undercuts um, how much you can really invest in stuff at the bottom level. And mm. NXT, unfortunately, now is is that one maybe slightly above NXT UK, if he's even got a tab for that. Um, I don't even know if they've got a spreadsheet, to be honest. I think it's just a typewriter in that factory in Enfield. But um, like the, I think at this point, with NXT as the clear bottom rung, never been sort of less prioritised in its history, at least in this era. It's a match like this that's going to struggle, mm. genuinely. And, like, I don't say that with any particular, like, schadenfreude or joy or anything like that. Really really love Kushida and Roderick Strong. Want better for them, want them both to be on a, an entertaining show and entertaining stories, because I think, yes, this match, especially more so than the tag match, this match will really suffer, I think, for all of that. We'll hit each other really, really, really hard, I expect and hope. Title change for you, Hamlet? Yeah, probably. Um, I, yeah. Uh, 
to what end now, I, I don't know. But you should probably at least pay all of that off. It's, yeah. if, if he doesn't win a title tonight, split him up. Yeah, exactly. Might as well. Uh, I just hope Tyler Rust, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, can get some like stunt double work because he looks, if you look really closely, he looks a bit like Jack Simon Pegg with long hair. I'm not sure if I've mentioned that before. Damn it. MSK versus Imperium, Michael Ampler. Had to get that last one in. Friday release, and you're like, hang on, I'm going to be on holiday for the next NXT. I'm going to have to do something about that. Uh, MSK versus Imperium. Please, God, let there be a title retention in this one, Hamlet. Yeah, no fear of a title change here, I don't think. Um, who knows with this one? Um, none of us are particularly big fans of Imperium. And I think typically what happens is when they're the more, I don't want to say over, but more protected of the teams they're in the ring with, like both teams have to kowtow to their style. I'm hoping that's not the case here. MSK have been the project for the longest time. Yes, there's going to be a heat segment. Yes, that's probably going to be really boring. But maybe, just maybe, that'll inform that lightning rod of a final five minutes and Imperium can level up to that. Imperium have had good matches in the past. It's just they're guilty of a lot of dull ones too. I think MSK are too exciting across the 10 to 12 minutes that I expect this to get. I just think through force of will, they'll make this fun. Um, promos have been a little bit cheesy, but yeah, these acts are chalk and cheese, aren't they? That's that's sort of the point of this. Imperium will try and try and try and try to slow it down, and MSK will constantly try and burst out with something to bring the excitement levels back. It might work, this, genuinely. Like, I'm not going to be as cynical as I usually would about an Imperium um, match or as worried as I might be about an Imperium title shot because they might play quite well off each other here. Yeah, I fully expect something really quite good here. The bad news is it's an Imperium match. The good news is it's the perfect opponents for Imperium for the reasons that Hamlet has just pointed out. What you want out of a match like this is for Imperium to do something interesting with their heat sequence. They're not over, they're not relevant, they're not interesting. This will be an uphill battle. But if they can do it well enough, the idea is that when MSK do do MSK things, it will resonate all the more because if they've been like trapped or contorted or locked into submissions or smashed up, then when they finally break through and make the comeback, this match is all about the comeback. The issue affecting mm. it is that will it just feel like an obligatory structural thing that has to happen? Or will it genuinely feel like they are overcoming like this really formidable unit in Imperium? But again, as I've said, Imperium aren't that over. This CWC crowd either don't react or aren't given enough cause to react. I'm expecting something really quite drab and silent. And it's kind of up to MSK at this point to really spike that excitement. Who knows? Maybe the much promised LED screens will make it feel less drab. And maybe the key to the the chronic issues suffering NXT right now are the fact that it looks like it's in a uh, Gateshead social club. <laughs> I, love the idea of the, uh, I really, really like the one in Reckon, by the way. That was always my favourite in the old social club years. Um, love the idea of the whole, like, uh, respect the canvas, respect the map act, having to, like, rely on LED boards. <laughs> the traditions of the reformers. Business! It's business! I haven't put that one of them in a while. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, uh, you two very capably yesterday previewed Raw, which featured a face-to-face between uh, champion and challenger. And that's exactly what we've got again tonight on NXT with Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe. Sitch, how do you see this one going down, aside from lots of security probably getting hoid all over the place? Well, this is the thing. They did the security detail for Cole O'Reilly last week, and this is the match that's finally putting an end to the chaos. Remember that thread? That was pretty rubbish and contrived. And so they're going to have to do the exact same thing. They're going to have to block this segment, the exact same thing. Otherwise, it's a plot hole, which is uh, funny. Look, Samoa Joe's a great promo. He's always good for quite a memorable um, soundbite. Carrion Cross, where's Scarlet Bordeaux? The whole crack was, oh, Vince McMahon's going to love her pair of whammers. That's why she's not, <laughs> that's why she's nowhere near Carrion Cross in this main roster. Well, she's nowhere near now at the minute. Um, so that's just something that's popped into my head. Karen Cross is going to say some intense stuff. Samoa Joe is going to say some cool stuff. And I guess ultimately that's all that matters because people largely want Samoa Joe to win. And this, I expect for reasons good and bad, will further that feeling. If in fact the word feeling can be applied to anything that NXT does in 2021. I think um, in the effort to try and think of something that might actually be different about this, face-to-face to all the other nearly confrontations they've had and all the other face-to-faces WWE have been booking lately. Maybe an errant swing of a fist from Samoa Joe will hit William Regal. Ooh. Right, you've gone too bloody far, Samoa. And, like, having this begun with him carrying cross intentionally battering William Regal and Joe kind of fighting for him, maybe William Regal's been dragged into the physicality of it on the other side as well because they just cannot be, cannot be separated. And he can chin William Regal and then look at his hands like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> Perfect. Great NXT book in that. Yeah. I mean, like you say, it, it needs to go one way on Sunday and we'll obviously be previewing that going forward. But, oh, uh, Christ, do we? <laughs> right, you, you don't have to do that. We'll just have to review it the next day. because that would be funny. Fun. Like, I'm going to bury Cole O'Reilly for how long it's going to go. So Hamlet won't do that. <laughs> I, I go on holiday after Friday. 
And I think I'm going to have deserved it because I'm going to sit down with Wilborn. He's going to be like, right, tonight, SmackDown, go home for SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver preview. And then he's going to turn to you, Cedric, in the Rampage preview. Right, right, what do we think is going to happen on tonight's Rampage? Anything? Best <laughs> <laughs> story in a decade or what? Nothing, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Hottest hour of the year? Don't know, don't know. What pamphlets? SummerSlam, go home. Will John Cena and Roman Reigns talk to each other for half an hour? The <laughs> <laughs> meeting. Uh, just covering off some of the other, you know, matches that <laughs> take over. What were your what what's your thoughts on what's going on with Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai? Because obviously I just tuned in and went, oh, they just fed Saray Sir, to, to Dakota Kai last week and then Raquel Gonzalez chased her off. Are you, not, you haven't been keeping up with it to that extent. Wilborn, I know that you've got a, um, a stockpile of pro wrestling that you need to go back and watch in depth, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to spoil last week's main event for you? Go on. The TV show main event. Oh, oh, yeah, I knew this. You were. We already knew this, I think, before I went away. Was that when she got fed to Aaliyah? Yeah. They also went 50-50 in a dark match on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what are you meant to think? If you're Johnny WWE, and if you are, I'm sorry. Congratulations, because you and Candice LeRae are having a baby. <laughs> I was about to say. If you're Danny WWE, right, and you watch all of it, and you think, ah, I love this. I'm Michael Hamflet. A year ago. <laughs> a year ago. But if you're Danny WWE, and you're watching all the shows, and you love all the shows, and you're thinking, hang on, Aaliyah... Sporadically booked geek Alea is beating the number one contender to the NXT title, right? You're thinking, all right, this is rubbish. Actually, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Robert Stonebrand should have held on to her. That's what I'm thinking for a bigger, longer term. I'm thinking, no, that's the problem. I'm thinking <laughs> nothing about this match. I'm it's like a great video package on, on Sunday. That's the thing, isn't it? Because there is a great story to tell that they just haven't told it. I'm thinking karma's a bitch, baby, because NXT, in a bit to siphon away AEW's audience and get it cancelled off TNT, decided let's get the dicks out and uh, slap them on this table and do loads of reactionary bollocks moves to try and just stymie this AEW dynamite. When they finally decide to do some LTSD, they spend months on the bastards and they all go up in smoke when Vince McMahon decides to whip it out on the table and is as bigger and always will be. <laughs> They've spent months doing Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai teases, friction, little passive aggressive negging words here and there. Uh, you've dropped to a layer. <laughs> it's, I feel sorry for Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to be less of a starky arsehole about it because they genuinely probably have really enjoyed backstage like mapping out this storyline and just saying like can we get away with this these little details do you think they've invested loads of time in what's it all worth it's not a credible challenger it's not really a credible champion who's owned the rule if i'm being brutal it's not hot match. it's not a hot match is it they've made it not hot at the start of this year it felt like at some point whenever this took place it was probably the hottest match nxt had it's like a long long way short of that that's like saying this is the hottest match that main events go. <laughs> In an intriguing twist as well, uh, it's now going to be LA Knight versus Ikari Ground. Who the 
at TakeOver. But if Grimes loses, Ted DiBiase must become LA Knight's butler, Hamlet. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I don't know what I want from this because Ted DiBiase is not fantastic in any role on screen. So I don't particularly need to see LA Knight abusing him. There's a way for them to, for this just to end well, isn't there? There's a way mm. for Cameron Grimes to save the day, liberate the belt, get that back off screen again because they've kind of like squeezed all the juice out of that fruit and just be done with this. I, I got everything on this show and certainly everything from last week's show, I feel like I want to be the kindest to that. They're matches of outperformed expectations. The angle hasn't sp- like spiraled horribly mm. or gone off the rails and you sense they're headed towards like a nice conclusion to it. There's not a lot to add to that, but I, there's not a lot to criticise about it either. Yeah, I'm the same. I've enjoyed the skits in the moment. They've been quite well-crafted and reasonably funny in that WWE way. Um, but it just comes to something that about NXT in general is that I've watched Ted DiBiase on Silver Vision Coliseum video and I've fallen in love with the man as one of the greatest heels in the 1980s. And then I've watched in the years since as he's been paraded out on various raw nostalgia shows alongside um, classic pals like Colin Delaney <laughs> and Mulaney and Molina. And I've watched him every single bloody nostalgia hey, show. <laughs> <laughs> and I've watched him just go, <laughs> I, there's the guy who used to laugh. No, that's the guy who used to do like horrible things to craft horrible punchlines and then laugh at his own beautiful malevolence. But now, because they're all just these weirdly haunted figures in the corridors reduced to their catchphrases, I've watched 10 years worth of Ted DiBiase Legends Night cameos. Hmm. Or there or thereabouts where it's just, hey, there's Ted DiBiase. <laughs> and even he doesn't laugh in the next tea anymore. <laughs> He's this incredibly earnest guy. He's a millionaire babyface, an oxymoron, and he wants Cameron Grimes to believe in himself. And he does. He doesn't even laugh at this or have find joy in this. Like I've enjoyed it, but just get to the point. <laughs> I just, I just hope Hangman Page is taking notes on this redemption arc. Uh, let's talk about Timothy Thatcher versus Rich Holland, Sidge. Um, they're going to bat the crap out of each other, aren't they? It should be a good laugh. Yeah, it should be a good laugh. This should be fun. This should be hard-hitting. I'm looking at Timothy Thatcher, and I'm desperate for him to do a different version of the dis- disbelief phase. I don't want him to go, oh, my God, my world is crashing around me. Everything I understood of the material world is vanishing before my mind because someone kicked out of my signature. That never puts anybody away. <laughs> right. This face is still prevalent on XT. I still hate this face. Timothy Thatcher... It's better than sports entertainment right now. I want him to do this like, I can't believe you're doing that, but God damn, I'm going to try again because I'm disgusted that you weren't going to stay down. I want him to just punch, punch, chop, chop, kick, kick, Ridge Holland right in the bloody face. And I want him to look like furious, not like despondent. I want him to look incredulous and furious that this man didn't have the temerity to get stricken by Thatcher. And I want him... To hit him harder as a result. Don't go too long. Do not expose Rich Holland. Play it to your performance strengths. This one might keep Triple H in a bloody job. If they can build a star in Rich Holland, he's exactly McMahon's type. 
So don't do any tropes. Don't overexpose them in a lo- in a long match that goes long for the sake of it. Looking at the other matches that can go long on this show, I don't think it will at all. I'm expecting this to be the beautifully brief highlight of the night. Yeah, and give us a finish as well. Um, well, you're not getting that. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want a Ridge Holland win here. I thought he was, like that squash the other week was really impressive. I know, like I know he's massive and he looks great, but that doesn't guarantee an awesome squash. There still needs a certain energy and a certain snap. And Holland has it's it. Yeah, and I want Thatcher to obviously try and come in tonight and, and fail, and I'd like to see Holland win. Um, it's match-to-build-match stuff because mm-hmm. Thatcher and Champa have made it clear that they want the, this whatever version of Kings of NXT, I guess. Does it include Pete Dunne or not? Because last week he was a top babyface beating the number one contender to Walter's title. So who can say if Pete Dunne's associated with uh, Ridge Holland and the eventual return in Danny Birch and only Larkin? But it seems like Thatcher and Champa are programmed with them. Earnestly, on last week's uh, review, which I'm sure you did listen to on your holiday as well, Ron, but just in case you've mm-hmm. forgotten what we said, myself and Sidgwick did put over NXT's quite a success with their tag team division this year. Um, number of even parts, number of different stories, interesting match combinations, and I'm bang game for Thatcher and Champa versus a combination of, well, the McAfee group without McAfee, I guess, whichever version of that remains, and this is probably there to set that up, isn't it? We're also getting Vink tonight. He's back. He's back in the next lads, and that's why they're going to win the ratings war at the end of the day because it's Duke Hudson uh, competing against Carmelo Hayes in the other semi-final of the NXT Breakout Tournament to face the fantastic Odyssey Jones uh, in the final. Who do you see going through here? Because it's, it's interesting because Carmelo Hayes has been sensational whenever we've seen him, but Vink's big, Hamlet. <laughs> he is. And not only is he big, but that would mean there would be two giant men in the final of a breakout tournament. And if you're going to break out of this new version of NXT, you better be fucking massive. So I think Duke Hudson's winning tonight. And then we're getting this strange um, hoss fight that Triple H wouldn't have dared want dare promote in the last, what, six, seven years? And now absolutely has to because he's been put in his place by others. Better chess players currently within WWE's hierarchy. That's funny to me. But then I've made this comment every week, as long as this tournament's been on, which I don't think has been the worst tournament, but I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. What is there to break out of in NXT other than Triple H's emotional prison? And how do you do that? By being a Vince McMahon giant. So Duke Hudson's winning over getting big lads slapping into each other. <laughs> but the final of what was once like the Indie Wank Fest tournament is now whoa, big boy. Like <laughs> Brock Lesnar looking at Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble. That's Vince McMahon watching the breakout final. Shoot bloody Adson. It's going to go over. You are going to get the big lads final. Like, I think it's been quite capably booked, if I'm being honest. And by capably, I very much mean every single inflection of that airfane praise. It's not been brilliant. No, you haven't talked about it on my timeline, or I suspect many others. It's not relevant. It's not classic action. It is, however, a premonition of the future, as uh, Hamlet astutely points out. And, you know, charting the two massive bastards on one collision course in the final is good. It establishes parity, drama, unpredictability. Um, it's all very, very solid booking. Reminds me of one of my favourite fantasy booking pitches when WWE used to really adhere to their split rosters. The night after WrestleMania, you debut... Two properly good slash 
potentially great characters. One's a heel, one's a face. You get them both undefeated throughout the remainder of the calendar year. One of them eliminates the other from the Royal Rumble. Tarnishing the record, the heel eliminates the baby face, the nefarious means, and you put two stars in a massive match at WrestleMania the next year. This is a really boring version of that. <laughs> Which one of those is it the heel or baby face is Bronson Reed that then gets sacked for no good reason? Uh, the baby face because he's nice, because <laughs> yeah, he's the nicer of the two. Whichever one's got, uh, I don't know, more kids and bills or something. One. <laughs> Whichever one needs to get one of those really, really finickety visas that you've got to sort out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this show. Uh, finally, we have the next instalment in the Index Love Story to look forward to, Sidge. Uh, eventful uh, first date on last week's show. How do, they, how do they follow it up this week? Go on, put yourself over. I did it last week, but you should do it. I mean, I just, I don't know whether it's it's really putting myself over or you can think the way that WWE does. Congratulations and commiserations at the same time. But I did literally say, send it to a restaurant, have the other two, I've got the Garganos hiding behind a giant menu and trying to spy on them. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. Apart from I didn't book Gargano wearing a comedy moustache. I'm going, it's a me, Johnny, or whatever it was. Gargano. Well, the problem now is that you've done the will they, won't they? It fails to move the needle at all. I mildly enjoyed it week to week in my capacity as someone who has to watch it. But functionally speaking, they're knackered now. You've got one more bit of juice, and it's the wedding. So you could do some proposal stuff. You could have Dexter Loomis silently try to propose. This is scuppered by the way. Oh, God, they've already done Gargano. Dare Loomis, I don't want to see it again. You can't do anything with Candice because congratulations to her, she's pregnant. I don't know what you do. There is literally one dramatic wrinkle left in terms of the wedding and cold feet. It's there together now and no one cares. <laughs> do you break them up? What do you do next, Amplin? Help me out here. You might be onto something with a wedding because there is... It's a Ravens popper. I the idea of a wedding and a big lads match on next week's NXT, right? As like Vince takes the wheel is brilliant. It might in fact redeem NXT. <laughs> what I mean by that is take it back to redemption when it was good. <laughs> oh, again, why fire Fandango? The man, the man show is right there. Mm. Um I, I don't know, I'm the same. We we touched on this before. There's I don't think there's any real desire for um Dexter Limits and Johnny Gargano. Or much desire for anything, Austin Theory, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell now can't be a thing. So they are sort of a little bit stuck. Um, we've had two weeks in a row of different restaurant related skits. Maybe that's what we should have been trying to think about who gets the restaurant treatment this week. Maybe that's Colin O'Reilly. Maybe they'll like have a, a sit down dinner together, like Shane McMahon and Kane did that time before their big match. It was like, <laughs> you know, like dignified men tonight. But Adam Cole's going to be like, hey, lads, should we? Uh, Breaking a song. I've heard that. We don't talk about that, Adam. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm scared to book it now because of having that weird premonition about last week. I don't know whether they're going to utilize the pregnancy IRL of Candice Ray. Congratulations to Sarah and Johnny Gargano, by the way. It's fantastic news just to read about today, uh, catching up on all of events of last week. And uh, 
I don't, I've got a weird feeling that they're going to do a thing where Indy Hart was going to walk out with a pregnancy stick and Dexter Lewis's eyes is going to pop out of his head like, uh, how's this? Uh, oh, it's Candice. You just found it in the bathroom or some bollocks. Or the other thing I was thinking of is uh, the other thing, obviously, we're, we're doing is, is Austin Theory coming back. So Johnny convinces Austin to come back because she said, can you stop spying on our dates? You too. So he sends Austin Theory in his place. And all I can think of off the top of my head is they're going to go to the cinema to watch a scary film and Austin Theory is going to be spying on them. But it's dark and Indy Hartwell comes back from the toilet and gets off with Austin Theory, which is like a brother effectively in this scenario because she forgets where she's sitting or some bollocks. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> this show's dead. <laughs> she gets off with her brother. <laughs> Even that wouldn't make this interesting. Oh, great. Uh, uh, and then you've got the wedding next week, like you say. But Pete, Dunn's on, Pete Dunn's on Twitter with a gift saying, not the way. <laughs> <laughs> and you sit down and you kiss Randy Orton's potential replacement, who's also your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H playing at all his reference to Vince. Is this cool? Is he cool? Is she cool? <laughs> <laughs> and Vince is like, no. Nah. Is this over? Is this over? Are they over? Smashes Sean through the barbershop window. Psh, is he cool? <laughs> Am I cool, Vince? Dad? Am I cool? NXT is bad. And wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, enjoy NXT tonight. Let us know your thoughts ahead of the show on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Thank you follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Our Raw review is available right now. And of course, our NXT review will be there tomorrow. So if you subscribe, it'll be in your feed as soon as it is released. But this has been the NXT preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.